Celebrating Araby by James Joyce on St. Patrick's Day, a short review on one amazing story of young love by Walter Bound, first published in Writer's Block. So it's St. Patrick's Day. I'm wearing my rugby from Ireland. A great place to start with Irish literature is where I started, James Joyce and Dubliners, and his short story Araby is the best place to start. So let's get going. I first read Araby in high school. It was one of the ones I actually did read in senior AP English. I really loved it because it resonated with me for being a dude in love with girls. The story concerns young love and parents and the adult world that doesn't seem to understand or recognize a child's emotional world as a guy or girl goes through changes. The story is a classic example of an epiphany story, not the religious type of epiphany like on the road to Jericho, but an awakening, a moment of clarity, of insight into you, where you recognize something about yourself or about the world. So here is the James Joyce Museum in Ireland. It's the tower that comes from Ulysses, which I finished last year, fantastic, and uh, I have something about that if you're interested. Um, Araby was finished in October of 1905. We get an idea of what James Joyce thought of school. North Richmond Street being blind, except at the hour when the Christian brothers set the boys free. <laughs> Setting free as if in an institution. Now think of that word blind. North Richmond Street is blind, meaning a dead end, a cul-de-sac, a no way out. But blind also in not understanding the needs, the physical needs, the sexual needs, the emotional needs of its children. Joyce continues in the same paragraph, there's this uninhabited house, it's at a blind end, detached from the other houses of the street, our conscious uh, decent lines, but we have these homes, houses, looking at each other as if through blindness. So one neighbor cannot really see another neighbor. And again, this, this whole idea of paralysis. And of course, it's Ireland in the early 20th century, 1905, and there's a priest, and the priest has died in one of these homes. All right, so this has a Gothic feel, and there's a central apple tree in the story in this paragraph. So, you know, it has all these kind of religious connotations. Let me read. The wild garden behind the house contained a central apple tree and a few straggling bushes under one of which I found the late tenant's rusty bicycle pump. He had been a very charitable priest in his will. He left all his money to the institutions. All right, so is this tree of knowledge a uh, temptation for the young boy? And why is the bicycle pump underneath of it? Uh, so what do we make of this? The priest could stand as a god figure, right? And his garden like the Garden of Eden, but now it's a wild garden and there's an apple tree. Right? So it's almost like the fall. The tree of knowledge and our young hero will partake of this tree and get understanding. That's the epiphany. And I love that. Joyce uses the first person point of view, the I voice, because it's so personal. We feel the ethos. We get the pathos, the emotion from the young boy looking back on this story of grief. So he's in love with this beautiful girl. Um, we don't even get her name, it's just Magan's sister, so she plays this archetypal role. He says, her image accompanied me, even in places most hostile to romance, like a school or even a church. If you think of places hostile to romance, yeah, a church, a school, and he carries her image like a grail. 
It is significant that she doesn't have a name. Why? It's just this guy's sister. She came out of the doorstep to call her brother. Like any woman in 1905, unless you're Queen Victoria, um, she's a possession. The sister represents an archetype of the every woman or every girl that's held up as a grail to be pursued on romantic adventures. You know, think Gatsby here. And in the story, he says, oh love, oh love, many times, pressing his palms together, his hands trembling as if he's in prayer at church. And he's just saying, oh love, oh love, many times, and he just can't wait to ask her out. Let me read. She spoke to me when she addressed the first words to me. I was so confused that I didn't know what to answer. She asked me if I was going to Araby. I forgot whether I answered yes or no. It would be a splendid bazaar. She said she would love to go. And this is how voice, this is how Joyce, I'm sorry, describes her. The light from the lamp opposite our door caught the white curve of her neck, lit up her hair that rested there, and falling lit up the hand upon the railing. It fell over one side of her dress and caught the white border of a petticoat just visible as she stood at ease. He is like a knight from King Arthur or 1001 nights from the Islamic golden age. And like any white knight, he says, if I go to Araby, this foreign bazaar, I will bring you something. I will bring back a token of my love for you. I am like a knight and you are my damsel and I'm in love with you. Of course, a bazaar from the Middle East is as far as you can get from Roman Catholic Ireland. So there's, there's enchantment that falls over the narrator, the young boy on his mission. Of course, the parents forget about the bazaar, this Araby. He gets to the thing late, and he doesn't come back with anything. And then he gazes up into the darkness as a creature driven and derided by vanity and anguish and anger. Is this what we get from partaking of the tree of knowledge? Uh, it's such a sad story, but I think it's something that a lot of us can relate to. Um, parents not understanding their children and just like the boy like was he doing it for her or was he doing it because he wanted to be seen as a white knight you know um, so there's a you know it, it's just an adolescent beautiful story about young love and a painful lesson that the boy discovers which is of course the epiphany story all right, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, take care. I have a lot more on Joyce, so uh, just look me up, and uh, you'll find it. Cheers.